welcome back to DevPro Women 2030. I'm Rebecca Root, a reporter and editorial associate here at DevX, and I'm based in our Barcelona office. And I'm Emma Smith. I'm also based in Barcelona and cover all things related to careers and recruitment in the global development sector. For those of you tuning in for the first time, where have you been? DevPro Women 2030 is a six-part series looking at how the development sector is changing, what skills are in demand, and what this means for young women like us. Throughout this series, we've been talking to women in development to find out how they got to where they are in their careers, how they see things changing in the sector, and what tips they have for the next generation of professionals. So if you haven't listened already, go back and listen to our first few episodes. So far, we've heard about the experiences facing women leaders in different parts of the world and working with different types of organisations. We've also heard a lot of great advice from them for other women looking to break through the glass ceiling and reach those top positions. And today we're going to hear from yet another woman who, despite entering the global development space a bit later in her career, has gained experience in a range of roles and worked her way up. So Angela Bruce Rayburn is the Associate Director for Advocacy with the Global Health Advocacy Incubator. She has more than a decade of experience in strategic planning, advocacy and government relations, working for a whole range of NGOs and foundations. During her time with the Stanley Foundation, she even worked with the UN to develop policies to prevent genocide and crimes against humanity. And before that, she led Oxfam America's humanitarian response in Haiti following the earthquake there in 2010. But prior to all this, Angela worked in program management for the US-based education programs and in different roles within foreign relations. She holds several degrees, including a master's in conflict and sustainable peace and a master's in public administration. So again, another really impressive CV there. And Angela is certainly someone with a lot of experience and interesting stories from her career. I caught up with her a couple of weeks ago to find out what lessons she had for other young women trying to break into the sector and progress in their own careers. Angela, thanks so much for joining us and great to have you with us today. Thank you so much for having me. So in our last episode, uh, Nasra Ishmael spoke about the barriers to increase female leadership, specifically in the global south. Why do you think, though, that there is still such gender inequality in headquarters and global development hubs across the US and Europe, where we still see just too few women and too few women of colour in executive roles? I think the answer to that is it's a historical reality that international development has really been the purview of mostly white men just the nature of the work. Uh, it's, you know, in some ways high profile to the extent that it's, you know, traveling and a lot of, you know, big UN style discussions and about the humanitarian aspects of it. And so there's this, it's always been this kind of white male dominance in the field. As more women came in, I think having to prove yourself over and over again having to deal with the realities of traveling to remote places and sometimes not even being able due to other family constrictions of having to make decisions about where you can go and, and, and all that has made it difficult for women. But I think for women of color, it's a li- even a deeper level than that. Women of color and particularly black, men, black women, I think they struggle with always be- being in a field where you're working in minority, in, in minority spaces, in spaces where the people are mostly black and brown. And the lack of representation of black and brown women in these spaces has been because it's just not been our normal work environment for many, many years. 
And as we got into it more, we realized that, uh, that we have to constantly prove ourselves. We have to constantly have the, the, the most education, the best education, the foreign language. The, the, the demand, I think, for women in the field has been very difficult. And I think for black women, it's been a little bit even more difficult. And I think that explains why you see in D.C. and in New York and, and London and all these places, you see mostly white men. And then other, and when you see women, they're not normally uh, women of color, and there's certainly black women are even to a lesser extent. So part of the aim of this podcast series is to try and see where global development, um, you know, what the landscape might look like in 10 years' time. So how do you hope things might differ 10 years from now for women of color working in the development space? Well, I hope that in 10 years it will be, it will be better than it was for someone like me when I came in uh, into the field about 10 years ago. Uh, I hope that that we would have done a lot more on diversity and equity and inclusion in the space. I would hope that we will have come to a point where, where women of color, and certainly, again, black women are not in the proving ground that they've been in for so many years. I would hope that pay would be equal. Um, but I would hope that there'll be better representation, especially in the global South. I would hope that in countries where there's, you know, this kind of uh, violence and that there would be more women of color who would be working on safeguarding, more women of color whose perspectives would be included in the overall discussion. I hope that's where we'll be. It certainly was not the place that it was. Um, it certainly would. I hope it's not going to be uh, what it was like for someone like me. And I and and. If that is indeed the case, there'll be more women of color who can champion other women of color coming into the space. And that, I think, is going to be, uh, it's going to help us a lot. You mentioned earlier, you know, about the, the kind of need for women to be very well educated to try and get their, their, get ahead in the sector. And, you know, also it's very difficult for you breaking in. But you're someone with several degrees, I know. So how valuable have those been in helping you progress in your career? And what other experiences have you had throughout the, the course of your career which have actually helped you succeed and you would perhaps recommend to the next generation of development professionals? I don't see um, my education as being the thing that gave me the trajectory to get to where I am today. Surely it has helped me in terms of having knowledge about you know, issues and conflict resolution and peace studies and public administration and all the areas where I have a degree. But when it came to did those degrees translate into being able to break into the field, being able to find the, the, the next great job, the next top job, uh, and even the job in the leadership table, it, it, the trajectory has not been, been straight. Uh, one more thing I want to say about that would be recently there's a group called Black Women in Development that just got started last year as a re after sort of in response to all the discussions around scandals in, in development. And every day, new women join this group. It's a closed Facebook group. We talk about, it's a space for black women to talk about development, to share job information, and to try to develop an internal network. And one of the interesting things about that group is every day I see women coming into the group with, um, with all the right education, MPHs, PhDs, postdoctoral degrees, all of those things. And yes, they complain about being unable to break into the field. 
they complain about getting in as administrative people and not being able to be content experts. They complain about all the things that impacted me 10 years ago. And so even with all the education, we see in the group that there is still a struggle. So why is that? And I would say that the answer is because, again, black women certainly um, are in a constant state of having to be to prove that they're, they're just as good and, and, and have been in, and many times they are working in environments where people who supervise them, people who get into the field, people who advance, don't even have the same amount of education or have significantly less education. So that's the long answer, and it's the truthful answer. With respect to advice, I say to, women, I say to young women now, I meet a lot of young women today, certainly in black women in development, I give a lot of advice to young uh, black women, young African women who are interested in the field. And I say to them that develop internal champions. You need to develop a network. If I had a better network, I think 10 years ago, it would have been different for me, I think. When I say a network, I mean the internal champion. The person, the woman, or the man is that of your organization that is willing to go to bat for you, that is willing to say, I think this person is going to be good at this particular job, this advanced uh, job, this C-level job. Those people are not necessarily um, the support system for a lot of women of color and a lot of black women. And as a result of that, they don't get that extra nudge. So many times they're coming in blindly, right, submitting an application online. That's not going to get you to the top job. Because at the end of the day, it's internal people, um, other uh, management people who see you, who see your value, who know your, you know, what your education is, who know your skill set, who knows your level of language and all that. Those are the people that go to bat for you. And in many women of color and young women don't have that network. And I think that's where they're going to need uh, the, the most support to be able to advance. And you've touched on this a little bit already, um, you know, women as kind of champions for other women. Were you lucky enough at any point in your career, you know, to have someone that was a mentor and, and advocated for you at all? And what advice would you have for other women in the sector in terms of how we can actually all help each other? I, many years ago, but it was not in development, really. Um, <laughs> so in, in my previous life, when I was trying to break into development, I once had a boss, a supervisor, who really supported my, my, you know, taking a leave of absence from work and going to do one of my master's degrees in Belgium and having me come back after I, I had completed the degree. So I've had women who have looked out for me. I don't think that this idea that if you have more women, that the rising tide, it has not been true in my career. I think that for black women, a, a rising tide in the space will not, has not helped us. So I say that um, women, women need to come to terms with understanding this idea of looking in the rear view mirror. I am a person who believes in looking in the rear view mirror. I, I respond to people who, you know, whenever I write an article for Devin, for example, women write to me and I respond and I look at resumes and I, I, I really make it something that is a part of my small part that I think I can play in helping other women to come into the field, and that's women across the board, not necessarily or only um, uh, women of color. 
And the reason I do that is because I, it was so lacking in my time when I was coming into the space that I feel it's imperative for women to look in the rearview mirror. I think it's imperative for us to respond to an email of someone, a young person saying, can you, can you take a look at my resume? Respond to an email asking questions about how to build them. This is how we have to do it. And I think if we don't do it, we, we hurt other women. Um, and, we, we, and the last thing about that would just be, and it doesn't have to be a woman who can be a mentor, but I think that women have to understand that we have to be intentional about mentorship. We have to look at the, the spaces that we're working and say, it's, it's not right that we only have, you know, less than, you know, one out of every five CEOs or one out of every, you know, uh, 10 organizations has a woman of color in leadership. We, we have to understand that that's a problem and that we have to be intentional about resolving it. And the way to be intentional is to, every time there's an opportunity to look in the rearview mirror and reach out to another woman or reach out to a woman of color and say, hey, come and look at this particular situation or this job or this opportunity. That's the way that we're going to make changes in the field. And that's my advice to other women. And it's what I do in my current situation, um, in, my, in my current job. That's great. Thank you, Angela. I think that's a good positive note to end on. So thanks um, so much for talking with us. Wow, so really interesting to hear about Angela's experience and some great advice to end on there. I kind of like this idea that we should always be looking in the rearview mirror and trying to help other women who are coming up behind us. Yeah, and I think what Angela said, that we have to be really intentional about mentoring young women is a really valid point. I know it's something a lot of our own audience struggle with and also something that at different times throughout my career, I've had those same questions. You know, how do you go about finding a mentor, building that relationship and learning from that person? It's something that was actually heavily touched upon at the Women Deliver conference just a few weeks ago. Um, one of the call to actions they really encouraged everybody to have or to do was to find a mentor at that conference and then go away and kind of build a relationship with that person. And I thought that was kind of a really good one to go away with. Yeah, absolutely. So we are actually out of time today, but thank you so much for listening. We'll be back in two months with our next episode, so stay tuned for that. And in the meantime, you can find out more about the DevPro 2030 series in general that's powered by to you at devx.com. You can follow us for updates on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter using at devx and join the conversation using hashtag DevPro 2030.